Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Creatives Ignite. I've changed the name. I didn't know if you knew, but Melinda, I changed the name. Um, Anyway, I am excited to have my friend Melinda back on, and she is closing up this. uh, If you didn't know, there was a series on process. Um, I really felt called, and then Melinda and I had just gotten caught back up, and then we started talking about process. And I was like, oh, my goodness, Melinda, would you come on and talk about this? Because maybe some of you guys are similar to me, where you um, go in and you are thinking, I'm not doing it right. Or you think, I just need to take this one other class and see to do this. Then maybe I can say I can do this on my website or something. And I know Melinda and I have had lots of conversations like this. She has an amazing group of people. I always, um, if she has something that she's doing... And I can afford it, man. I pop right in and I do it. It is awesome. And so she'll talk a little bit about her community and all the things she's doing. But one thing that Melinda does that's different from other people, and I will let her explain it just in case I don't explain it good. But today we have Melinda Livesey and Melinda's in California. She has had a great career in design and she now um, she's she's been teaching. She's been leading people through brand strategy and figuring out processes and systems, but it's not like do it Melinda's way, right? So Melinda, give us a little, thank you for being here and thank you for being my friend and tell them a little bit about just your business and um, we'll start there. Yeah, that's a lot, man. I don't know where to start. Also, thank you for being my friend, Diane, and thank you everyone for joining. It's so nice to see all you guys in the chat and uh, yeah, and coming here. Um, so you're asking me about my business. What do you, can you give me a more specific question? Do you want yeah. me to? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when did you start? Um, you started in design, but then when did you pivot from design to more of what you're doing now? More brand strategy wow. or leading people into brand strategy? Yeah, it was around 2017 and I had a brand identity business for a couple of years. And before that, I was a graphic designer, did all the things a graphic designer would get hired to do from things I didn't want to do to really cool stuff, the gamut. And then I decided that I wanted to go more into identity. So I'd done that for a few years. So in 2017 was when I learned what brand strategy was. Um, and my, my coach and our mutual friend, Christelle, um, and it opened my eyes to, oh, I can solve bigger problems. That was a real huge desire for me was I wanted to work on identity and branding, but I felt very limited in just the visuals. And I would get hired to just do a logo when I thought, I know I can help them with more. I know that I can help people with connecting with other people, with the people that they want to sell to. And I want to get to know those types of people. And how can we show up in ways that, that really attract those people? And then I would get hired for little things And I felt like, but I can do so much more for you. So when I learned brand strategy, that's when I was like, oh, this is my answer. This is what's going to, this is what's going to help me solve bigger problems. So I started doing that in 2017. And then a few years later, I had been sharing behind the scenes process in my newsletter for those two years of like people who followed me, they just wanted to know how I was doing things. So I would just share, Hey, this is what I was doing this week. Here's what I learned. And then a couple of years into doing that, um, a lot of people were asking me, can you share what you're doing? Because I want to learn from you. And that's when I started the Brand Strategy Bootcamp. So that was three years ago now. 
and um, started teaching people like, here's how I learned it. And as we, as I started showing my process, other people were showing theirs to me and I learned from the people I taught and I realized that they were all teaching each other. And then we're all just developing our, our frameworks that work for us. And that's where, that's how I got to where I am now in uh, doing client work still. So brand strategy and then um, doing the brand strategy bootcamp. And so in this brand strategy bootcamp, just to kind of paint the picture for people, um, people are coming in and they are how many weeks and like, what's a cohort look like? Like how many people or how, what kind of, how many weeks is it? Yeah. Well, at the moment, if someone were to come and sign up, they would be in for a year. So they would be in for a year. And is it always um, been a whole year? Um, it was actually lifetime when I first started. So those who got in at the beginning, they got a deal. Uh, but now, now it's a year. So they get access to all the, I have client recordings in there. Uh, we have community, we have coaching. And so for that year, cause we, I, I could have made it shorter, but I know that it takes at least, well, our people that usually come to us, it takes them about a year to feel like they got their footing, like they understand it, that they know their own positioning and how they want to show up in the world. And it just gives the overthinker like me that time to just dwell on the information and talk with other people and tear it apart and create their own process and then go out into the world that we've noticed that by a year, people are are really starting to feel confident in what they're doing because they're able to repeat it. So um, at the moment, it's a year. And then we offer shorter cohorts throughout the year and other programs, um, but those are bonuses. And on top of the year is the boot camp. But we, some, is the, can they start at any time or is it you can come in at any time and then, okay, so in this, and it could be something that because one of the things that I've noticed is you attract people who are in marketing or who have been designers or who are, it's not just the typical um, person. And it's not, I don't feel like the oldest person in the room, which I also like. So these are seasoned. These are people who understand design, understand marketing or understand what the we're not, I'm not trying to sell it, but I am. So I'm telling you these people in these days, you know, they, are. Are, they are awesome. I have always, I love every time you have something and I'm like, I open your emails. You've always been a great writer. Um, so you tell a great story. And I think that that is how you've built such a great community, but we weren't really talking about that. Wasn't what we were talking about today, but that's just a plug for Melinda's community. But I love that the people are people that like you said, I can learn from as well. So they're giving, Hey, this is what I tried. Um, what do you, what, what are you trying to get out of this? And then what have you tried? And, and you're really with people who aren't like, Oh, I'm just learning illustrator or something, you know, like, um, really early in like the branding or something. I always feel like I can come in, I can definitely learn, but I can also maybe share something that somebody else could um, take away as well. But I definitely always get a ton out of that. But that was kind of where we started talking about this when we were catching up earlier in the fall. We were talking about <clears throat> processes and there is, you have a philosophy, I think, maybe. 
mm-hmm. um, is what I would call it. I think I called it that in the newsletter today or yesterday or whatever, um, that it's like a philosophy of this. Do you know what I'm talking about or do I need to preface it a little Are bit Are you more? talking about uncertified? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah so we, we have a philosophy of being uncertified because I'm, I was seeing that and it was, it was more just like a, a joke. It started off as a joke. And then I realized, oh no, that's actually what we believe. So I was starting to see, um, and this was in my own self, like my imposter in me wants to be certified. The imposter in me wants accolades and awards and proof and experience. And I want to be the expert to make me feel good enough to go show up and start doing. And the more I thought about it, the more I saw that none of those external things ever really gave me that confidence inside, like true confidence that lasted that I I could feel like I could build upon and, and all that. It was just an external validation. And I and as I was thinking and thinking and thinking about this, I realized that what we do in brand strategy, also because I come from the creative world, I approach brand strategy in a very creative way. Like how I how I create in design, I brought that thinking into brand strategy. And then I thought, well, it would be ridiculous for me to certify anyone in my way of doing brand strategy because what I truly want people to do is develop their own way of going about it. And so with all those things, with the idea of that external validation is not what I truly want people to walk away with. I want them to have that internal confidence that they know that they can do this. That is, I want that for them. And, and so between that and then the idea of, I don't believe you can certify creativity. And I believe that the, our approach is like helping the creative thinker do brand strategy. I don't want you certified in my way. I don't want you, I I don't, I want you to be you and I want you to show up the way you do things so that people will be attracted to you and not because you have a badge of someone else's name on you. I don't want that. And so then I started realizing like, yeah, it's just like this whole philosophy that was born out of really a conversation with me and my fellow bootcamp coach a few years ago. Yeah. So, so in this, I always feel like, um, there's if I'm learning something new or really anytime, but if I'm learning something new, I do would not put myself out there as um, I would just try to eat up as much as I can on that subject. And I don't know if continuing to learn, I think I think we should always continue to learn. I actually don't feel like uh, because in our industry, things change all the time. You have to stay up on it. So there's never going to be enough certification or never going to be enough. Um, you know, I, at, because I teach college, I feel like the kids are like, oh, well, I'm graduating now. Now I know. And I'm like, oh no, you don't know. You don't know yet. You know, like um, it's, it's not, you know, there's so much more. We've just barely taught you how to walk, you know, like there's, you're going to be learning and you need to be learning all the time. And students, this is finals week. And so I always ask, oh, what would you have liked to have covered? And they're like, well, we really wish you would have talked about Photoshop more. And I just kind of laugh because I'm like, not that I don't use Photoshop, but I'm like, you have to learn how to learn on your own at work. Like you, 
I there Photoshop is way too big. You know, like I could have Adobe come every day for the whole semester and they still would only learn how to walk in Photoshop. You know, like that there's anyway. Um, but I think that I think that we're in a society uh, where we are maybe at this time of life and our whatever in the world is that we think that we should be able to be taught it. And I, but I think that it's always changing. There's always something new. And I love the uncertified one. It gives me the permission to see it and do it my way and then practice it. So you have all these people that can, that are willing to give real feedback. I think, right. They're trying something or they're saying, Hey, how did you do this? Um, and I think uh, because I, I know how some of this has worked, at least in the past, where you'll partner people up and then they kind of run strategy on each other. And mm-hmm. by doing that, by practicing multiple times, you're able to see if it works. And you're I I do think we have just a whole bunch of tools and then but you don't use all the tools in the tool belt on every single project. You use the ones that you need. And it's about figuring out how to learn which tools, when to use the hammer, when to use the saw, when to use the screwdriver, you know, like there are times. And so in you developing what worked for you, you're always continually learning as well. Mm-hmm. How, how do you encourage other people to not just always keep going after the other framework or this other lesson? Like, what would you tell somebody who felt like their confidence was low, but you saw that they had a lot of, they have been doing it or, or something like that. What would you tell them if they felt like, well, if I just do this one more class? I, I feel like that if that's a reflection of me, like the inner me always wants just one more. I just want one more article. I just want one more how-to. I just want one more thing to make me feel confident. And I know now I know that's not going to give me what I really, really want. And it's easy for people who can put things into action really fast to just <laughs> to um, think, oh, what's wrong? Just, just do it. Just do it. I've even said that before. Just do it. Just do it. But Sometimes we need that bridge between, I I just said this to a friend the other day, I said, the gap between consuming and learning and then learning by doing, that's where our dreams go to die. Like that is, that is just where they fall into the abyss and we can stay in that learning by consuming and then Mm -hmm. never go to do. But I feel like there is, there is a way to bridge the gap. And for me, I have found that that's through community. So I've always, I needed just that extra support system that Mm. I could talk to, that I could bounce ideas off of, that I could say, Hey, I just learned this thing. I don't like this part. This does not work for me. I tried it out with a client. It felt totally flat and they can help validate that you're not crazy because when we do things alone, what happens is we learn a framework. We learn a how-to, we do it. Let's say we, we actually put it into practice and then it doesn't work for us. And then if you're like me and you, and you have that imposter monster in you and you turn on yourself very easily and you have self-doubt, you go, well, then there's something wrong with me because mm-hmm. obviously this process worked for X, Y, and Z person or the guru or who knows what, like the person I look up to, but then it didn't work for me. Well, it's obvious that something is wrong with me. But if you have that community that you're like, Hey, I just tried out this process and it didn't work. And like, here's what happened. 
they can help think through those things with you. And they're like, oh yeah, you know what? I tried that the other day with my client and actually here's what I asked instead. And this is what worked. Or they can talk with you. It's almost like a support group. Like they can talk with you through those things to see why didn't it work for you? Maybe it's something that, you know, that you did bring that day with you that you were thinking about, or maybe there is a different, maybe it was the client, like who knows what was going on, but Having those people to reflect with, I know was extremely helpful for me because that's how, that's what really got me from, from learning and consuming to actually putting things into action is having that group of people that I felt really safe with, that I felt Mm. accepted by, that I felt like they were home, that I could go out and screw up in the world. And I could totally make a complete fool of myself with a client and I could come back and tell them the story and we could laugh about it and we could learn from it. And then they could be like, good job, go out and do it again. That I think is the bridge Mm. that I'm noticing in my own life and also what ended up happening in my community that I built, that that's the bridge for the people who are, have struggle with doing it alone and end up just, it's almost like an addiction where I know for me, I end up being an info hoarder. I will go to information when I feel self-doubt, when I don't feel confident. And I was watching um, a TED talk a while ago about substance addiction and they said that the they believe the opposite of, of addiction is not sobriety, it's connection. And then my brain was like, oh my God, that's it. When I go into info horror mode, I'm alone. I'm not mm. confident. And it feeds the narrative that I can't do this. You don't have enough. You need more and more and more. Mm. But when I have connection and I have those people that can validate me and be like, you're not crazy. It's not you. I then have the confidence to go out and put it into action and then learn more from that. So I would say that's the big insight that I've had over the past few years in my own journey, but then also seeing other people go through this journey as well is it's that, it's that connection piece. And even if a course has a community, it's not always this, that type of community that you want to look for is one where you feel safe and you feel safe to come back and not where you have to perform. Not where you have to show up all like serious and all that. Mm. Like you can show up as you and you're completely accepted. Those are the types of groups that I think help us go take action on things that we've been dealing with. Absolutely. I love that. So so it is a lot about, um, I do feel like the people in your community do know a lot. They're not coming in uh, super green, you know, like they they actually, there's a lot of value. So that's something that you've been able to create one, I think, because you're very open about your process and what you've learned and how you failed or what worked or what did it. And you are really clear that this is just, you all have to try lots of things. You are welcome to try anything I've done, but I also want to know what you've tried and then let's see kind of what works. Um, As you're you're continue, you continue to work with clients um, in, in that regard, how has your process continued to evolve in like the last five clients that you've had? Because doesn't it continue like, because every client isn't the same. It's not like you're always doing dentists, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They've been completely different with different problems and different people. I mean, even just if, even if it was the same type of client, even the people will make things different. Um, so I, what I've noticed lately with the past handful of clients is that 
So I started out with a certain framework. I adjusted it to make it work for me. And and I I would say that's like a default I go to, but the most recent ones, I've been throwing it out and showing up more because I it's it's one of those things where when you've practiced something so much and you're understanding it, you can just you know what you're looking for. And so that's one thing where I just use the framework and anything I've learned in exercises as tools. Like you, I think you had said earlier that I'm just going to take out the tool when I need it. So now that I know what I'm aiming at, what I want, what I'm looking for, I can just go into my backpack and be like, okay, what tool would be most useful in this moment? Instead of trying to use the whole framework, I know which is going to be useful when now. So that's one thing is like, I just start fresh. I can start with a blank piece of paper and just a conversation with a client and come up with something because I know what I'm aiming at. The The other thing I'm noticing that I'm doing a lot more is when something feels super difficult, I don't force it. And so when I keep hitting a wall with something, when a client's not giving me great information back, or I'm just not asking great questions and I'm just like, this isn't working. I don't try to force it. I go, you know what? There has to be an easier way. I, that is my question. I ask myself all the time is what if this were easy? Mm. What if this were easy? So it's to me, that's what strategy is. Like we're trying to get to a goal. And if we hit a roadblock, well, let's not try to scale the wall. Cause that's hard. What, why don't we get a strategy to bypass that and go around it? And so I try to come up with ideas of like in the moment, I'll give you an example. I was with a friend and she was trying to figure out her positioning for her brand. She brought up a, comp- a competitor that she found that said almost the same exact thing as her. And she goes, look at, they're doing the same thing I am. What am I going to do? And I sat there and like, okay, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way to quickly see what the difference is between you and them. So I said, okay, imagine your logo is on their website right now. Let's just say, put it visually in your mind on their website. Let's look through their website. What gives you that feeling of, ew, no, I would never say that. Oh, that is so not me. That's a and good so one. We flip, So I'm trying to make things easier. I'm like in the moment. That's what I'm always asking myself. How can this be easy? How can this be easy? Instead of doing like, let's do a competitive audit and research and like spend weeks. I'm like, no, 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 no. How can we do this in two minutes? So we did it. And immediately she found a case study of work. Um, it was for an, an alcohol brand. And she's like, no judgment on that, but that's not, I don't believe, like, I don't drink. I don't, I don't want to do any sort of packaging for alcohol brands and and nothing like that. And so I found, and I said, great. Why does that mean something to you? Why does that matter to you? And then we got to delve further into what matters most to her. And it was a super quick exercise. And I'm noticing that now I'm at this place of exploration and freedom where I know I know the tools. I've been practicing with them a lot. And now I get to figure out how to make things really easy on myself and others. And it's been really fun to do that. And um, one other thing I notice I'm doing is I'm really leaning into emotion. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm really trying to be conscious of what am I feeling in the moment? What is this telling me? What matters most to me? What matters most to my client? what matters most to their clients or their customers and and listening for that emotional language and i think when i was too stuck to my framework i was like i just need answers like just give me your informational answers and i bypassed the emotion which that's what brands are made out of we're trying to ignite a gut feeling in someone how do we do that if we're not connected with our emotions and we also are not connecting with the emotions of our clients and their customers. There's, we can't do that. 
So I think that's what I'm noticing the progression over the past like year or so of what, where um, my process has changed. It's more free. It's a lot more free. Is connection even with that client really important for that, for that, a person in the in the boot camp, they said, "Hey, oh, or friend, or whatever." This it's because I don't align with some of the products that they've worked with. So that was like a uh, now they get why it w- they wouldn't have connected with that client. They probably wouldn't have said yes to it. So, but for you, how? Because I think early on, um, maybe maybe not in the very beginning of our careers, we don't really have a ton of control if we take a client or not. We're just like, we need to pay the bills. So we take the clients. But then as we're getting to the place of we're refining and we're honing in what our area is, or our industry or the or the thing that we do, how do you know, or is there, is it through conversation? Can you tell in the first conversation if it's going to be, a match or have you like gone through the whole process and then you're like 12 weeks in and you're like, I don't think I can do this with a client. Yeah. With a client at this point in my career and my life, um, I'm able, I mean, I don't want to say this hundred percent because you never know what's going to well, happen. On wood. Yeah. There was one that didn't work out well. And I could tell you about that and why I believe it happened. Um, but the more I show up as myself in life and in business, the more I can just write what's on my mind and what I feel and what I'm thinking about and talk to people like you and connect with people I like, the more that I get clients that I jive with personality-wise even and philosophy. Like if I can share my philosophy of even uncertified, I've had clients come to me knowing I teach because I show up mainly as a teacher, even though I get clients, but I also get clients through those I teach. Like, you know, just being known is very helpful, but it was interesting because I've had multiple clients reach out to me because they see my philosophy of being uncertified. And they're like, I love the way you think I've worked with agencies before and we've been burned and we like, they were just putting us through their process and they weren't seeing us as humans and they weren't Mm. treating us as that. And they said, and we see your philosophy and we love that. So the more that I can show up as myself and what I believe in my point of view, the more I attract the people who also believe very similar. And then we end up working together and it's awesome. But where it didn't work out as well, it ended up fine. But I would say where we were a bit misaligned in like personality and how we worked together was that last year, like a year and a half ago, I got hired through an agency that had found me on LinkedIn, really connected with the owner of the agency. They landed the client. I never was in the sales calls, nothing. I just showed up to the workshop first day, met the client right then. And it was a group of people. And it was like, I had to build rapport in that moment. And and also they weren't familiar with my process. Even though that person had explained it to them, it wasn't from me. So there's just no previous connection with them besides that one person at the agency. It was like and an arranged marriage. It, you had yes, to like, and it was, yeah, it, yeah. it was. Um, I had to end the, the workshop like very, or it was two hours in, which was a two day workshop. And, and it just was, I was hitting block walls and I, and I'm like, you know what, there's gotta be an easier way. I thought to myself, so I'm just going to, I'm not, I'm not going to push it. So I ended it early. 
and went about my work another way, which was doing a lot of research and digging up information based on the, the what they already had in their business, which was great because they were they were not a startup. They already were in business. And we were able to do it and the client was happy and it was awesome. But I had to completely abandon my plan, my process and everything because of that lack of connection previously. So that's where it didn't work out for me. Do you think it was also that, because sometimes when you're working with groups, there's a dynamic in the group that some people aren't comfortable sharing what their real thoughts are. And if you don't have that rapport or you haven't built that relationship, those people are going to be quiet. Certain people are going to talk and it's going to be guided, but it's not going to be what they wanted. And the, the client doesn't get the right, they don't get what they wanted out of it. They wanted someone to pull the other people out. But if you're like popping in, you thought it was a first date and you walk in and there's a preacher and a, you know, somebody standing right there, that's sort of, so there's a, it does feel like, oh, wow, I didn't know it was this fancy. Like there's a commercial and I think it was, it's like somebody, I don't know what they're selling, but the guy comes in with this really, uh, his shirt's all stretched out and stuff. Do you know, you probably don't ever watch TV, but anyway, so this guy's sitting down and they're at a nice restaurant and he takes off his jacket and he's like, you look beautiful. And she's like, well, you look comfortable because his shirt's like all <laughs> jacked up or whatever. And it's because yeah. he didn't use the right, you know, whatever detergent or something. I don't remember what the commercial is. I'll have to find it and send it to you. But yeah, um, but it seems like, you know, one person thought we were going to a hockey game and one person thought we were going to the opera and there wasn't any communication on how to dress or how to be prepared for for this thing. But you have you've led lots of people, lots of groups, lots of clients, individual or groups. What's something that you've learned in those situations? One, to be able to say goodbye and to or not goodbye, but like, hey, we're going to end the thing from today because you just keep getting the either not the right the answer that you need. They keep saying they took their lunch and you're asking them if they rode the bus, you know, it just isn't fitting. What is a uh, something we can do when we do, maybe we don't know what we're going into. Is there any pre-work that you would say to do in a situation like that? Yeah. I also, I want to give an example of what happened that day too. Um, emotionally. Yes. Emotionally prepare, prepare yourself. How, so how did, we, what do you mean? So, so one of my coaching clients, um, this is one of the things that came up in this year for her. So I worked with her on multiple projects, one as a strategist, but also as a coach. And one of the things I found myself repeating, and she actually repeated it back to me um, to remind me like, Hey, this is the thing you've been teaching me this year. And I was like, thank you for letting me know. And it was take care of your internal state before you try to fix the problem externally. So mm -hmm. let's say like, she's was feeling really unprepared or I'm feeling really unprepared. Like, how do I make sure I'm going to, cause that's the thing, right? We got to get all the info. We got to get all the information and be ready so we can go in there prepared. Well, instead of focusing on the external information that we can gather or making sure that we know how to do all the things, what if we took that time to prepare our internal state and address our fear? Maybe mm -hmm. tell somebody else, maybe talk to some like a therapist or a close friend and be like, you know what? I'm really feeling scared right now before I go into this, this client workshop. 
and talk about it so that when you go into that client workshop, you are feeling so grounded and comfortable and ready for unknowns. That's the thing. Mm. We want my hope for anyone who works with me ever or anyone who doesn't work with me, whatever, is that they feel comfortable going into the unknown because that's what's so it's weird because as creatives, it's it gives us the most thrill to go into the unknown and then create things out of that. And then it's also the most terrifying thing in the world. So how can we, because we know that's our superpower. Like mm. I've heard a lot of things are coming to my mind right now. Two things. Um, my one really good friend said that one of the things, and we've heard this, like the thing you fear the most is the cave that you need to enter, things like that. She's like a lot of times the thing that people think they're the worst at is actually the thing that is their superpower that that is something that they are called to do and bring forth into the world. So I would say address the fear that you have before you go and that's how you can prepare the best so that you get comfortable with facing any unknowns that happen because you could be like you said a lot of our people they know so much. They actually know way more than they need. It's it's being comfortable that like no you have enough to figure it out in the moment. You have enough to figure out if you get into a really awkward conversation with your client, you have enough to figure out what to do. You're fine. No amount of studying is going to, and no amount of information is going to fix your emotional state about it. So I would say address your fear going in, be comfortable with the unknown, be comfortable, trust your gut that you've already studied enough. Most likely whoever's listening to this and really connecting with it, they already know a ton. Then when you go into that session, when you go into perform, we'll say perform is like, you're on, right? You got to, you got to do your thing. Forget everything, forget everything, get into the flow, trust your gut that your gut knows what to do in that moment. And, and as just a tangible um, example of that client situation, you were saying about you come into the room and like, Oh, you're, we're not dressed the same. Um, I opened up my, (laughs) I opened up my uh, presentation deck before I shared it with them. And I started it out with like really funny pictures of dogs, like making funny faces and sticking their tongues out and like of little kids. And I was going to make a point about certain things. And I was like, oh, this isn't the crowd. I'm like, this is the wrong crowd for this. And so I had to make a decision on the spot. Like, you know, I'm going to start at this slide because it's just, it's like when you want to tell a joke and you realize this is not, this is not for this group. That was kind of the feeling I had, but it's that idea of like, how can you go in with this very light spirit and confident and grounded so that you can make those decisions on the spot versus if I were to go in freaked out and scared, I'd be like, oh my God, like I would still try to show my dog photos and stumble through it and think that I had to do it versus like, you know what? No, I'm just going to trust my gut and like, this isn't the right place for this. Let me just put it aside and go with what I think the best decision is and trust that. So that's what I mean by address your internal state. I love that. And I also love that you have that lighter start that you can, if it is the right group that, because one of the things I think that you're great at is being you. So if somebody's gotten your newsletter, you are sharing the real you, you are talking about what's happening. You are candid, you're open, um, if they've seen you on the future, you ask questions that maybe somebody, I know I one time I had a professor, I asked a question that I guess you weren't supposed to ask people. I didn't know that you weren't supposed to ask that. And everybody in the room went, oh, 
I'm sure my mom would be really embarrassed that I asked that question. But anyway, I didn't know that was, I was just talking like I was talking to a friend, you know? And so then the class went like that and, and the professor answered. But sometimes I think we just have to, um, you just have to ask certain things, but you have to also be able to read the room to be like, oh, I shouldn't ask that now, or I shouldn't start with this now. And if it comes up, if there are dog photos later, you can kind of just skip through them. There are ways to not have to be like, oh, I don't know why I put that in here. You know, like there's, there's confidence in just clicking to the next slide or making, being able to think on your feet in a way, right. Of yeah. I, yeah. I want to bring up too. This reminds me of, um, I took a, I love, I love improv and I took an, an intro to improv class, like a, just a, you know, two hour thing. And I loved it because one of the things that the teacher said, he goes, whatever comes out of your mouth in this next exercise, commit to it, act oh. like you meant to say it. And I was like, I can totally do that. Cause I have no clue what's going to come out of my mouth, but I can commit to it, whatever that is. And I really, it's like, what you know those happy accidents it's all if you didn't know that was going to happen like you just go with it and the other thing I would say is the more that we can be aware of our own emotions like when and and aware of others too, just be emotionally intelligent and learn how to be because I know it's not just like be emotionally intelligent it's like no no no, it's a skill (laughs) but the more you can do that when something awkward comes up you could be like you know what this might be this might feel like an awkward question or this might sound really dumb I'm going to, it's going to sound like, I'm going to ask you questions today. And it's going to, you might think to yourself, why are you asking me this for the fifth time? I'm trying to acknowledge that ahead of time. So I'm even trying to handle their emotional state beforehand too, so that we don't, I don't have to go end up apologizing later. I'm so sorry. Ask that question or make an awkward situation. I can call out ahead of time, like, Hey, this might actually feel weird. Or you might actually not want to answer a question and that's totally fine. I'm going to poke as far as I can and see how, how much information I can get. And if I ever hit something that you actually don't want to answer, totally fine. Just let me know and we'll move on. So being, learning how to be more emotionally intelligent. um, And that starts first. I've learned with myself, like understanding my own emotions, what I think when I feel something has helped me to be more aware of that with other people too. And I'm not perfect at it, but at least I know it's something to be aware of. Well, and it's practicing telling someone else what you're feeling and being okay with whatever their reaction is and having like in the boot camp, you have trusted people who you can say something to and they can be like, well, I don't know if I'd have said that, you know, or maybe you could twist it in another way because I think it's good that you have that, but it's just like having the the funny way to start the the deck you had one idea, but you were easily, you could start at slide six instead. It wouldn't change anything except it just goes with the, the conversation better. The, if the conversation was already deep, then you didn't, maybe it wasn't the right time for the funny. You know, it, it feels like you're telling a joke at a funeral, although people tell jokes at funerals all the time because it's fun and you're remembering people. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that that is really important. One, I think you're connecting with you um, and knowing where your fear, I need to remember where I'm fearful or why I'm so nervous about something. I mean, there will be times when 
I will go to the bathroom. I mean, I have a tiny bladder, but I have like nervous pee, you know, and I'll go to the bathroom like five times before, like in 15 minutes. I'm like, no, I got a little bit more in there, Um, which now I know I've seen somebody on Instagram. That's like some bladder doctor that says that's bad. You should hold stuff in your bladder anyway. But I just am like, okay, well, there are certain people that I'm just, I want to do well. I didn't have to pee a lot. I just had to pee one time before you, Melinda, but we've talked a lot. So. I hope I, yeah, I hope I didn't make you nervous. Either. No, no, no. But, but there are people that, in, and I think it's me, it's not them. It's, it's, um, so I feel like there's something in us. I, maybe it's like, why is this person then maybe, cause I just really not much to come out of my bladder, you know, like it's, uh, I know. But at the fifth time in 15 minutes, you know, you're seems like I got a different kind of problem. Anyway, again, this is off the track here. Um, so so I really like that. Maybe I need to think about um, come to the come to the feeling or how it's going to be with a client. If I'm really nervous or if it's uh, sometimes when you're presenting, when I'm presenting something and I'm not a lot of my clients don't live in, in my area. So I don't meet with them in person. So I meet with them online and I could be really nervous about presenting something, you know, if they're, if we're trying to fix something. So maybe I need to have more than 15 minutes beforehand to really think about what I am nervous about. Do you think that that would be kind of in the same way of this fear kind of, because sometimes Fear is pretty strong. It is it is what is happening, but that nervousness is it real or is it just this made up fear that I'm going to be, you know, turned away? They're not going to pay the rest of their bill. The project's going to go sour. I'm going to have to start over or whatever. If I just address those things, I know this sounds like a not question. Do you understand no, what I'm? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like uh, beforehand, if you feel nervous, should you address it and ask yourself why? And yeah, but like days before, or you know, not yeah, whenever like you minutes. notice it. Yeah, whenever yeah. you notice, I mean, if it is fifteen minutes, it's fifteen minutes ahead. Whenever you notice it, yeah, address it and and just acknowledge it. Give it a hug. Be like, yeah. I, I get it. I get why you. I get why you feel that way. Sometimes I'll even ask myself, what is let's talk about the worst case scenario. Cause right now that's a scary thing to even look at. Like mm. we want to avoid worst case scenario. And that's why our mind's like, be prepared, be prepared. Okay. Let's go there. What is the worst case? They're going to make a public humiliation of me and I'm never going to get a client again. Okay. And what would you like to do when that happens? Like I actually asked myself, okay, let's plan for the worst. Literally. How would you react? Because when, when we, at least when I, when I get into that state and like worry, 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 and then I go to the worst case scenario and I realize that even in the worst case scenario, I have choice. Hmm. It's it, the worst case scenario. A lot of times I think, well, I have no control over it. It's going to take me over and it's going to ruin my life and I'm done. I remove my own, I, I disempower myself. Mm-hmm. So if I can empower myself, even in the worst case scenario of my entire life, in my imagined life then I'm like, oh, I can handle that. Like, obviously I already know how I'm going to respond to that situation when, and if it ever does happen. Okay. I still have choice And that. I don't know if you've ever read, um, uh, Victor Frankl's man's search for meaning, mm-hmm. but he talks about that, about our, we still retain the control to, I mean, he's talking about the worst, literally the worst case scenario that can happen for humans. 
and in concentration camps. And he was saying how we can still decide our attitude about it. I think that's what he was saying or our response to the situation. So if we can remember that we still have a choice, even when and if those worst case scenarios happen, we retain some some control. And I think that's what we're so afraid of is we're going to lose control. The uncertainty is going to bring all these things that I don't know how to handle and I don't know how to respond to. And it's like, okay, well, let's go there. Right. You got a plan for that. Now what? Now what now what are we worried about? Okay. Yeah. Let's address that. Because I found that I do my best work when when I am in flow. And I can just like most of us, right? And I can get into flow now in client workshops. And it's the best feeling because you're like, nothing's going wrong. We're just in this endless river of like beauty. And let's, and when we hit something that doesn't work, let's go over here. And and so it just, that's why I can make decisions really easily in workshops because I don't, because I can get into flow in them. So Mm. I think if you can address that nervousness and that fear and handle it, that hopefully more and more you'll learn how to get into flow when you're in workshops and when you're doing the work and when you're presenting or when you're having conversations with clients and it'll feel just as creatively energizing as designing does or anything else that gives you that feeling of creative flow. Um, when you can have that with other people in the room and not feel that nervousness, it's, it is a beautiful thing. Maybe that's what connection is. I don't know. Well, that's what I was just thinking. I was thinking about when um, I had a student who had a problem and I feel like when we are limited in in what we know, either through knowledge limitations or um, experience limitations, or we're just in that fear prison, we can't see the way out. But when when she told me what her problem was, I was like, oh, and I was seeing this as like, this is fun. This is uh, Carol Dweck. You know, there are some kids who are like, oh, give me another problem. You know, like these are fun. And then some of the kids are like, I hate this. Please give me just the cookie. I don't want to solve any more of these problems. I'm stupid, right? Like that's the what was happening. Um, I can't remember the name of that book, but mindset. Carol, mindset. There, yeah. there you go. So, but in in this situation, I got excited for her problem. And I think that some of that is just that I've had a lot more problems than that girl's had, you know. So I've had to come, you know, experience. I've in designing, I know, hey, if this doesn't work, we can try this. And if this doesn't work, we can try this. And so I'm uh, navigating where we could go depending on time. And she had enough time. So it wasn't like, um, I mean, there was like a problem with the the laser engraver. And so it, I can't fix the laser engraver, but there are other options uh, to, for her to use. And so it, I got excited and she noticed that she's like, wow, you you are really like way excited about my problem. But I think it was also, I had no expectations. No expectations were on me to perform or to solve her problem. But that happened in community because I was able to help her because she came to me. And when we're in community, then it unlocks that that gate of, hey, oh, I can look at this. I don't have to go over the wall. I don't have to fix the laser engraver. Maybe I can solve this a different way. But when we are in that that prison, it is we are in solitary. And I think uh. solitary really is, um, you know, they say in solitary, you'll be like you, you lose track of time. You are you, you know how many like meals you've had, maybe, but you 
your time, like that you have no relation, that there's no windows and there's, they're not letting you outside or whatever it is. I've never been in solitary, but um, that's in my brain. I've been there. Um, so, so I think about that and I think about how when we are hit with a problem, it feels like there that we are not able to solve it. And we often just stay quiet. And that's where that loneliness. And if you are working alone, which a lot of these people are lonely onlys or we're solopreneurs and we don't have that community to be able to go to and talk to or process that with, um, mm -hmm. sometimes it's just talking through something. Uh, I'm a verbal processor. I know Van's a verbal processor. Um, you know, sometimes it's in that, but sometimes it's, I can get something when somebody else is talking to me about something, but I did notice that I got really excited when that kid came with her problem. But some of it for me was if I am not expected and you're not expected in no. the first meeting with a client to solve the problem, but we're just supposed to be open to options. And if they are also open to trying new things, then, um, that can make the project better, project flow better for you, for them, for their customers, their buyers or whatever. I don't know. It yeah. wasn't a question, but no, no, no. Well, a couple of things you sparked for me. One um, is it makes sense why you were excited too about her problem one, because as a creative, we're like hungry for problems. We're like, give me a problem. I want to eat it for breakfast. But also if it's not, an, we're not emotionally attached. There's some kind of, you know, it makes sense. She, like you said, she had, there was expectation. She was on the hook for something. She is more emotionally invested in this as a part of her than you are. And that distance for you, you can see things a bit more objectively and that that you know gives some a different perspective to her that she might have not had if she was alone so instead of her feeding her thought prison fear prison that she's in you can be like oh hey look at there's a window right there you didn't even let, like turn around look at there's a window sometimes we just need someone to be like pointed out something that we might have not seen before because we're staring directly at the problem the other thing i noticed too um was something you said last that triggered this thought is that we tried this one time when we did run a cohort and I was trying to think of how can I help people just get present with when they're in a workshop to get into flow. And so we gave them one, just one thing to focus on, which is you're just trying to understand the other person and what they want and what is getting in their way, period. Like for this one time that we're, that we're going to have you go into the room, that is your only focus. And it's just to, we're not going to try to figure anything out. You're not going to try to give solutions. Mm. You don't have to do anything else than be so present to listen to them and help them feel heard and understood. That is it. The crazy part that happened was they did that. They came back in the room and we all reflected about their time. And they said, oh my God, I, I realized that I could do X, Y, Z. And they had all of these solutions. And I said, how'd you come up with those? And they're like, it just got birthed out of me just being present with the other person, trying to understand them, trying to understand what they want, what's getting in their way. And if there were was a solution, it was just a byproduct of what was uncovered in that conversation. Because the first and most important thing was to help the other person feel heard and understood. And if you can do that, you can extract the best information from people. The rest will take care of itself. And we concentrate so much on that last part that we don't necessarily have full control over. What do we have full control over? 
the fact that we can show up and help someone feel heard and help someone feel understood. I had one of our boot campers say, because we, like you said earlier, we have we pair them up so they can do strategy on each other because we can see what it's like empathetically to be a client, but also get strategy done for your business. And um, someone said when they were the client, they said, I have never felt that understood and heard in my entire life. To have someone so invested in hearing about you and your business and what you're passionate about and what matters to you and be like, all right, let's try to figure out how what to do with this. To have someone there like mm. that, how often do we get that? Rarely ever. And so just you can pull out the best from people when you just listen to them and you seek to understand what's going on with them and what they what they want. And those solutions that we're so scared about that we're not sure if we're going to come up with the best solutions, they're going to take care of themselves. Once you get that information and you've already have all this studying and you trust your gut, you're going to be able to be like, you know what I can do with this? I, can, I think I'm going to try this tool that I learned. I'm going to try this exercise and I'm going to see what happens when I apply it to all this information that I dug out or these insights that I got. And, and you'll be able to figure it out. So I think learning how to really listen, be empathetic, put people first, learn how to understand them, handle our own emotional state so that we can listen to other people. Because if we're fear is going on in our head, that is a complete roadblock to listening to the other person because we're just scared. We're not going to look good. We're scared. We're not going to do a great job or that we're not going to have a great solution. And they're going to fire us. And what is it? It's all about us. And it's like putting this wall in between us where we can't see the other person and we can't draw out the best in them and um, what we can do for them. So I love that. Okay. Lightning round. We have four minutes. How, what is one thing you've learned in this last year, uh, 2022, that's been impactful on your life or business or life and business or. Both? I should have looked at these lightning round questions before I came. <laughs> well, it wasn't really in the lightning learned, round. Um, well, I'm just going to go, this is the first thing that's coming to my mind. Um, go back to what I said earlier about taking care of my internal state before I fix, try to fix the thing that I'm so worried about. How about I just sit with those emotions for a sec and uh, acknowledge them, see what I can do about those first, and then see what I want to do about the situation. I think not jumping to the situation and fixing it. Um, that's a big thing. I love that. Okay. Um, are you launching anything or investigating anything for 2023? I am a few things. So one, um, so the boot camp's always running, at least at the moment. So that's that's a thing. But um, do you take time off ever? Like a week. Or but you a, you're able to take a week off. Yeah, yeah. It's that's okay, why I have an assistant. Yeah, and coaches that also cover for me if I need to. Um, yeah, I uh, so in the new year, I'm looking at offering a shortened version of some of the things that are in the boot camp. So giving an example of a, a client workshop um, and and giving people a taste of, of community. And it's going to be like a book club, but a course club. We're calling it a course club. So you go through it with a group, um, have discussions, what you learned, what you noticed from the client example, and uh, show some different examples of people, how they put their own spin on the process. So that's something I'm looking at. I'm like just in the planning phases of that right now, but it should take place in January. Is that something that you would have to have gone through the boot camp to be no. a part of? It'll be open to anybody. Yeah, 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 it's open to anyone. So it's for people really that want a taste of like, what is this all about? And maybe some of them might go onto the boot camp, maybe not. 
Um, but I, my goal really for this one is that people leave that course going, oh, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can totally do this. Like see me ask questions to clients and how like how I just maneuver and flub up stuff and like how it's casual. And when you see an example like that, you'd be like, oh my, oh, it's that? Like I can do that. I want to demystify the process um, mm-hmm. and share the behind the scenes. So I'm really excited about that. That'll be in the new year. Is there anything else? You said there were lots. Do you have other, or are you going to just tease that there well, will be I'll lots? T- well, and we I'll tease need to this get- because I don't know what it's going to turn into, but I just had a, a discussion with a friend because we just want to make stuff. We're just in this mode of like, I want to create stuff. I'm done info hoarding and collecting. And, you know, as creators, we collect like millions of things. So we just talked today <clears throat> before I talked to you. And we're going to look over all of our collections, our collections of screenshots of books, books we haven't read, books we have read, um, things we've collected like artwork or drawings or notebooks. I have 10 notebooks Mm. that I've collected, that I have filled out, you know, over the past 10 years. I want to see what's in there. So we want to see like, what are we hoarding? And then from there, how might we visualize what we're hoarding? And then from there, what do we do with it? Do we make something? Do we have an exhibition? Do we create a book. I don't know. And that so, would be a good workshop too. It's not fun. I'm oh so gosh. excited to do that. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Okay. So then um, what is something, I guess this is the same sort of question, but is there something that you're looking forward to in this new year? I'm looking forward to creating practices for myself. So I'm starting to have a day where I go to a coffee shop and write. I don't know what's going to end up coming out of me when I write, but I'm just, I'm, I'm using it as a practice, like just show up, just show up and write and see what happens. Um, so I'm excited to get into the flow of creating next year. I think that's what I'm really, really looking forward to. That's awesome. I love that. Do you feel like you've been in the non, uh, a place of non-creation or you've just been, you haven't had, you haven't given so much time to creation. You've been creating things, but you want to give more, a little bit more time to creation? Yeah, I want to give, I've been creating, but not as much as I, I want to have noticed that I've been um, in a lot of amazing discussions with people and learning from people and gathering of insights and information. And I'm like, I love all this. And now I want to do something with it. So I feel like I'm getting packed of information and insights and notes and journal entries and like quotes from people. And I'm like, this is amazing. And now what, what can I do with it to share it with even more people than the people that I just discussed it with? So I think I'm, it's not that anything was wrong with what I was doing this year. It's just that I'm excited to amplify it and make something of um, all the amazing experiences and discussions and learnings that I've had this year. Yeah, I think absolutely nothing wrong with those things. It's really neat to, but that you're taking time to going back, reflecting, but then you're also not getting stuck in just the reflection. There's also that time for making and creation. And that's awesome. I, I just love you. And I'm thankful that you get to end the 10th year. This is the 10, 10 year mark. We'll start year 11 next January. And I just want people to be able to follow you. So I'm going to tell them how they can do that just in case they're listening and not in the chat. But if you are, here underneath if you're watching on youtube or you're listening all these links are right at the top um melinda livesey l-i-v-s-e-y dot com that's where you can go if you sign up for her newsletter you will not be 
uh, that will be one of the best, funniest, fun, good read emails that you'll get. Um, and obviously she's doing some fun stuff next year. So get on the mailing list and then Instagram, Melinda Livesey, and then on LinkedIn, Melinda Livesey. And then the only difference it's Melinda Livesey one on YouTube, which uh, luckily we get to choose things now, but you had to add the one. You I think be I just... might've had it on another account. So I, oh. you know, cannibalize myself. So. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Just that's onward and upward. Well, that's well. I, I, yes, we're. But if you want to follow her on YouTube, Melinda Lizzie one, the the le- the number. I was about to say the letter. There isn't a letter one, but hopefully you guys get it. Um, thank you, Rafi said thanks, and Chris Daniel said one of the best chats you've had. So I'm just glad you had lots. We did find a t-shirt we think or i said a t-shirt um the when you said um now i can't find it in there um anyway it's one you're not i victor said you're not a solution provider you're a problem solver loved that one um oh creatives eat problems for breakfast that's the t-shirt for the year 2023 we loved that one um I, I thought that was a really good one. I'd totally buy that one or a, oh, something, you know, like a, a journal with that on the front. Melinda, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. And I hope everybody else has a Merry Thank Christmas. You. And I will see you in January. We're going to start the second week uh, in January. I may do a rapid recharge, which we know is never rapid, but maybe it'll be recharging for the first one. But the second one. We'll be in. We'll start. I already have a new series that we're going to be doing. And um, I hope you guys have a great break. And Melinda, I hope you have a great, I mean, I don't know if it's a break, but maybe hopefully you get to take a little bit of time off. Will you go see family? No, I think I'm staying here. I still have to plan my break. So, (laughs) okay. I'm going to pray for you to get a reminder. (laughs) (laughs) Melinda, thank you for doing this with me. And I hope you have a great Christmas. Thanks, Anne. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody.